0: It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's gonna be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 45, and today we are talking about books released on March 15th, 2016. I'm Liberty Hardy, here is my fellow book rioter, Jen Northington, and we are coming to you from BookRiot.com.
1: Hi, Jen! Hi, Liberty! I'm so excited to do this!
0: Thank you for being here! Uh, Rebecca is off on adventures, but. Um, I have you, and you're wonderful, and I'm so excited about that. You are part of the Fabulous Get Booked podcast with
1: Amanda. Would you mind telling us a little bit about that? I would be delighted. Uh, The Get Booked podcast is great because it is a 100% book recommendation show. So you send us a book question, and we figure out what to recommend to you. It's pretty awesome. Um, there is a form at the bottom of every Get Booked post, um, or you can email getbooked at bookriot.com and send us your question that way. And um, we will get to all the questions eventually. If we don't answer it right away, don't worry. It's probably coming down the line. So yeah, it's super fun. You should listen to it. I have another thing to tell everyone about, and that is the Reading Habits Survey. Um, it, it is a survey we are doing of all of you. We're curious to hear about about your annual reading habits, like what you read in 2015, how you read, why you read the things you do, and the survey helps us decide what posts and videos and podcasts would be most relevant to you this upcoming year and into the future. So basically, basically, you're telling us what you want more of, what you're interested in, and we really appreciate that. In fact, we appreciate it so much that if you fill out the survey, you get entered to win a $50 Visa gift card with which you can buy more books, which is always the best. Um, so go to bookriot.com survey to complete the survey and enter to win the gift card. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's my story.
0: That's cool. I like that story. It's a good story. The one where you end up with books is always the best story.
1: Right? (laughs) Always the best story. Yeah. So speaking
0: of books, that's pretty much my segue for everything, because I don't have anything, but as long as it's relevant to books, it works. Uh, My Mm -hmm. first book is called Margaret the First by Danielle Dutton. Uh, Danielle Dutton is behind Dorothy, a publishing project, which is an amazing little indie press they published, Who is Changed and Who is Dead by Barbara Cummins, which is one of my very favorite books. And Wall Creeper by Nell Zink. Um, And this one is actually published by Catapult, another fabulous indie press. Um, It is called Margaret the First. And it's actually based on the life of Margaret Cavendish. She was a real lady. She lived in the 17th century, and she was the Duchess of Newcastle-on-Tyne. I love reading books like this because it's so insane, like... This person has this title, but now they have this title and also that title, and they're in charge of this because their name says so, and it's just completely insane like that. (laughs) Um, And so she was actually born Margaret Lucas. Uh, She was born into a very prominent family, and she was very unusual. She liked to write books and make her own books and created all these little scenarios and plays and things in her head, and she was very whimsical um, they didn't think she was going to amount to much because she spent a lot of time in her head and reading books. You know, reading books is terrible for you. Don't do it. Um, and at the age of 16, she was sent to be an attendant of Queen Henrietta Maria, um, which, aside from like not having to slum it with the um, peasants, sounds like such a boring job. Like, you just <laughs> basically stand there, like being an attendant to like the Queen sounds so boring. Um, but she lived in France with her uh, for a while at the court of King Louis the 14th. Um, and what makes Margaret so amazing is, aside from the fact that, like, she was really cool and unusual, is that she was a writer. Um, she was, she published uh, many volumes of poems and philosophy, feminist plays, and science fiction in a time when it really wasn't acceptable for women to be anything other than mothers and wives and attendants. Uh, She was just, like, the real feminist figure. She was a trailblazer. Um, her utopian romance, which was called The Blazing World uh, in, was one of the earliest examples, is one of the earliest examples of science fiction, because she wrote this, this really unusual woman wrote this book, and Dutton spins this sort of magical, beautiful tale of her life. Um, I just, I love how she, how she writes the novel and writes her stories. Um, and Margaret became quite a celebrity. She was she was very famous. People either loved her or hated her. You know, some people couldn't believe what she was doing, some people couldn't believe what she was writing. But everyone wanted to meet her, they wanted to see her. She she used to have these little stars on her cheek, and everywhere she went, people would surround her carriage to get a glimpse of her. She was just so interesting and this this the cover of this book, have you seen it? It's it's absolutely gorgeous. I
1: have um, not.
0: I would buy it just for the cover alone. It's so bright and beautiful and I just loved it. And again, it is called Margaret the First
1: by Danielle Dunn. I'm going to have to look up that Blazing World book. That sounds incredible. Right? Speaking of incredible, let me tell you about our first sponsor. Ooh. A plus segue. I did a segue! <laughs>
0: Yay! Our first sponsor is FabFitFun. They are back again. FabFitFun is a subscription box with premium, full-size fashion, beauty, fitness, and lifestyle products. These aren't just, like, little sample packets. These are full-size items. And FabFitFun comes out once each season, and it retails for $49.99. But we've got an offer code for you to get $10 off your first box. So if you go to FabFitFun.com and use the coupon code BOOKS, big surprise there, BOOKS, uh, (laughs) you'll only have to pay $39.99. And every box has a value of over $200.00. And the welcome box, which is what you'll get when you subscribe now, is worth over $300, which is just amazing. Um, $39.99. Yeah. The boxes are always packed with stuff, full-size stuff, like stuff you can actually use, not just little travel samples or postcards or a lot of advertising, like full-size samples. And boxes include jewelry. I know Rebecca got a necklace that she absolutely loved. Um, There's a Goji Berry anti-aging serum, which I'm all over there's, there's hairspray, which is awesome, now that I've stopped shaving my head. Um, <laughs> there's nail polish, earbuds, a gift card to an online boutique, and so, so much more. I don't want to spoil everything in the box, because then it wouldn't be a surprise. Um, and I love getting surprises in the mail. Uh, FabFitFun tries really hard to get something in each box for fashion, beauty, fitness, and lifestyle so there's a little bit of everything in everyone Uh, each box has a great variety of actual useful and interesting items so if you want in or you'd like to gift this to a woman in your life you go to FabFitFun.com and use the offer code BOOKS you get $10 off your first box and it lets them know you came from all the books and it helps us keep the lights on and hopefully brings them back as sponsors to the show again so basically everyone wins everyone wins this Uh, So thanks to them for sponsoring again
1: this week. And now I'm excited to hear about your first book. Yay! Uh, My first book is The Winged Histories by Sophia Samatar, who is amazing. Oh my gosh. She's incredible. Um, If you have not read A Stranger in Alondria, which was her debut fantasy novel, she's also written quite a few short stories and... Things in lots of different places, but *A Stranger in Elandria* came out in like 2013. It was her first, it was her debut fantasy novel. And *The Winged Histories* is sort of a companion sequel to it. You don't have to have read *A Stranger in Elandria* to enjoy it, but like, why would you not want to read another amazing book by this author? Yeah. I ask you. Um, so, okay, so but so let's talk about *The Winged Histories* specifically, um, because it follows the course of four different women. As they are involved in or reacting to a war. It's the war that you can kind of see coming in A Stranger in Alondria, but you don't really find out what happened. So now we know, um, and spoiler alert, war sucks. So (laughs) it's not great. Um, And the four women are so interesting. Um, They have really different voices. They have really different lives. They're telling very different stories but the way that they all combine together is really delightful. It it almost has that feel of, if you're a big fan of linked short stories, I mean, this is definitely a novel, but it has that similar feel where suddenly you realize how they all blend together, and it's really exciting. Um, and so, yeah, so one of the women is a soldier named Tavis, who, like, women are not exactly soldiers in this world, but she ran away at the age of 15 to become a sword maiden, went to military school, got, you know, out in the mountains trying to defend Olandria from invading forces, gets sent home injured, has like all of the things that happen to soldiers when they get sent home. Her home is not as she remembers it. She's a different person. Everybody has a lot of trouble adjusting. And then she becomes involved in a new rebellion um, led by her cousin, who is the prince. And so that's really intense. And then another voice is that of um, the daughter of the leader of the currently ascendant religious sects. So there are two religious cults sort of fighting for control in Olandria. And Tielan is the daughter of the priest of the stone who is currently in power. And her life is just, it's so sad, but so fascinating too, to see the life portrayed that way of somebody who's sort of caged in by the religion of their parents and trying to deal with what, what that means for them. And then the two others are also just equally amazing. I don't want to like go too into it because... I don't know. I kind of feel like you want to know like some things, but not all the things about a book when you pick it up. Um, but I can assure you that all of the women are just fascinating. And the story goes in really interesting directions. There's a touch of magic. There's a lot of real world complications, like the aftermath of war. Some things are better. Some things are worse. Why you go to war in the first place. Ugh, it's so good. I feel like a little bit like I'm babbling about it because I just can't get over it. Babbling um, is accepted. It's. I hope so. I hope so. This is a safe place for babbling, one hopes. The other thing I love about what Sophia Samatar does in this book and also in A Stranger in Alondria is that it's really also about the power of words and the power of narrative. Like, why do we tell stories? And she has interesting explorations of those ideas. So it's not just a fantasy novel. It's not just a war novel. It's just all of these things going on all at the same time. And I will stop babbling now. Okay. Say the title again. Oh, yeah. The title again. That's The Winged Histories by Sophia Samatar. Yay. Yay. You read A Stranger in Olandria," yeah? Oh, yeah. 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 I believe it was Dustin Kurtz who was like, I oh, have this book right. that
0: you are going to like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Dustin, who's now living the high life in the Grand Caymans. I know, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> he gets to sell books and live in the Grand Caymans. Like,
1: come that's, on. That's <laughs> Yeah.
0: So, my next pick is called Shelter by Jung Um uh, it's, it's amazing, it's a really hard read, but it's so worth it, it's so good. Uh, it's about a man named Kyung Cho. He is married with a young son, and he and his wife are living in a house that is really beyond their means. They really can't afford it. Um, it's putting a real strain on his marriage. And when the book opens, they're in the process of discussing their house sale with a realtor, something horrific happens to Kyung's parents. Um, His parents live a few miles down the road, but just those few miles puts them in a very exclusive, affluent neighborhood, um, and a very violent crime occurs there. It's really heartbreaking and scary. Uh, It's really hard to read, but um, this crime leaves his parents unable to live on their own. Um, And Kyung is very resentful of his parents, um, both for his childhood, which was devoid of love. They gave him all the essentials that he needed, but they did not give him love, and his father was not a good man to his mother, and he grew up with this. Um, and he also resents them for the way that they live now. They live you know, with everything that they need or could want while he struggles with his wife and young child. Um, he also worries a lot that he will be unable to be a good father or a good husband because of the example that was set for him by his father. So they're not close at all, he and his parents. Um, but... They have nowhere to go, they can't look after themselves, so he takes them into his home. Um, understandably, past wrongs and hurt feelings quickly rise to the top, and the chose must really work through the violence and the pain and the past history that they have. Um, it's just a beautiful story of what it means to provide for your family, and what constitutes providing for your family, whether it's love or material items or, you know, support. Um, it's just... It's also about hope and forgiveness. Um, And it's just, it's wonderful. I'm I'm really impressed with it. And again, it's called Shelter by Jung Yun.
1: My next book is also a super tough emotional read. Um, It is The Rope, uh, which is a novel by Kenan Makia. Apologies if I mispronounced that. So Makia is also the author of The Republic of Fear, which you might have heard of. And this book is about... It's set in Iraq in the wake of the 2003 American invasion. And the narrator, who's sort of a nameless narrator, is um, a Shiite militiaman who is present for the execution of Saddam Hussein. So not exactly a light topic. Um, I know a little bit about that area of the world, but not a ton. So I will just give a caveat here to say that if, you know, this is... um, part of your life, there may be things in here that might trigger you in ways that I couldn't understand since I'm not um, Iraqi or or was uh, not affected directly by that war. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, But yeah, so what happens is um, he, the day of the fall of Saddam Hussein, he stumbles upon a corpse in his neighborhood. There's a dead body in the alleyway behind his- Home, yeah, right, exactly. Not exactly what you want to happen. Um, And he is trying to figure out who this person is, why they're dead, what happened to them. And people are kind of telling him, "Leave it alone, leave it alone." Um, But he's still looking into it. And then he, as things progress from there, he's sort of swept up in the politics of the American occupation, um, and you know, becomes part of the military and is training in his uncle's regiment, and this is the whole thing, and in the meantime, he also is trying to figure out what happened to his father, who disappeared into uh, Saddam Hussein's sort of you know prison gulag system in 1991. So he he just never found out. His mother and his uncle wouldn't tell him things about his father. He never really understood what happened, and now he's starting to piece together some clues, which may or may not have anything to do with the corpse that he finds in the alley. And on top of it, he is there for the execution of Saddam Hussein. So there's a lot of things going on. Um, And the narrator is really struggling with his place in all of this, with what's happened to his country, with what he feels like he should believe, with what he actually believes. I'm reading it like little bits at a time because it's a lot. Um, It's really emotionally heavy. It's really thoughtful. It's really uh, politically minded. It's very intense. So that is The Rope by Kenan Makia. I really want to read that. I'm glad that you're enjoying it, if enjoying is the word. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to know how to talk about it, right? Because it's such a heavy topic and it's such a sensitive yeah. topic. Um, but, I, yeah, it's he's really putting it out there. And, and I, the, I think the writing is really well done.
0: My next book is completely the opposite of that um, in that it's nothing like that story at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, the writing is the spice of life. That's right. But the writing is amazing. It is called The Penny Poet of Portsmouth, a memoir of place, solitude, and friendship by Catherine Towler. Uh, this book is coming out from Counterpoint Press, which is another of fabulous indie press. All about the indie presses today. Um, full disclosure Catherine Towler is a friend of mine. Um, as you know, Jen, and as so often happens in our profession, you fall in love with an author's work, and then sometimes we get to meet those authors and we become friends, and that is the case with this. Um, Catherine Towler is an incredible writer. I loved her trilogy. And she lived in the town that I used to live in, and I got to know her. Um, and her book is about Robert Dunn, who was a poet who lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Uh, he lived there. Uh, this takes place, like, when I was growing up. It was right, Portsmouth is right next to the town where I grew up, and I used to spend a lot of town, time in town being an obnoxious little teenager running around. Um, and there was always this guy that we would see uh, walking around. He was a very small man. And he had a very big nose. And he wore these, like, glasses, and he had this big red mustache, so it looked like he was kind of wearing, like, Grotto Mark glasses. And he was just so interesting looking. He always had on a cap and a trench coat and a cigarette in his hand. And it turns out, we we had no idea who he was, um, it turns out that he was this brilliant, eccentric poet who lived completely off the grid. He had no phone or car or computer or television. He rented a room in a house downtown. He lived by himself. And Catherine Teller beautifully recreates the story of his solitude and his work and his life in the early 1990s. Um, He has passed on since then. Uh, I believe he was also the Poet Laureate of Portsmouth at one time. Um, And she just kind of discusses what it means to live an unorthodox life and to be this solitary person um, and to live the life of an artist and how it affected her. Um, Like I said, she's just a remarkable writer. Um, I was a huge fan before I was a friend. Um, If you like Terry Tempest-Williams, like I know you do, Jen. um,
1: Oh, you
0: know I do. Yeah, or Gretel Ehrlich, or Louise Erdrich. It's a lot of urch names. (laughs) Um, Or if you just enjoy good writing and beautiful stories, uh, this this is a fabulous book. Again, it's called The Penny Poet of Portsmouth by Catherine Towler.
1: Was it weird to read about places that you actually know in real life? It was so cool. It was it was really cool. Um, it,
0: there was last year, I think it was Multiply Divide. I was reading a book of essays, and I started reading this, and they started talking about this place in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I was like, "Whoa, that's <laughs> so cool!" Especially when you don't know it's coming. This one, obviously, I knew, but mm-hmm. it's really mm-hmm. fun. You know, I feel, yeah. and I'm like, "Oh, I wish I had known when I was a young punk." You know, like yeah. who this guy was. We were just like. Like, look, at there goes that man. He's so unusual, right? right? And he was, like, this brilliant guy. Um, so, speaking of little glimpses of very interesting lives, that brings me to our next sponsor. Uh, our next sponsor is Viceland. Viceland is back. Viceland is a new TV channel from Vice, which is the culture website magazine. Um, they just launched on February 29th, and they have a ton of awesome shows. Uh, my favorites so far are Flop House, which is created by Lance Bangs. Um, they film up-and-coming comedians doing shows in their homes and garages, and in their yards, and just at parties, and all over the place. And it's... they're funny. And also, I really love watching young comedians, because you never know who you might see, like, who might wind up being, like, the host of a late-night television show or a Saturday Night Live cast member. Um, I'm so old, I remember like Adam Sandler on Remote Control and Jon Stewart on Short Attention Span Theater. Um, so it's really cool to look at these young comedians and, and wonder what they're gonna do. Um, I also really enjoyed Gaycation, which is hosted by actress Ellen Page and her best friend Ian Daniel. Uh, the two of them travel all over the world, diving into LGBTQ cultures in places like Japan and Brazil and in smaller towns in America, and they talk about the multiplicity of LGBTQ experiences, the fact that there are many, many ways to experience what it is to be queer, and the different cultures that arise around queerness, or the different cultures that tamp it down, and what it's like to be gay or queer in a culture that frowns upon, or even where it's illegal to be gay or queer. Most of these shows are deep dives into culture, in some way. There's Weedikit, which is about marijuana, people, and politics. They have one called Noisy, which is about music. They have a food show called Fox That's Delicious, except it's not really the word Fox. Um, <laughs> nice. That's my that's my PG version. That's my G version. I love it. Yeah, that one is hosted by the rapper Action Bronson, um, who loves to cook and talk about rap and and swear. Um, it's awesome. Um, there's Balls Deep, in which the host Thomas Morton tries on a different person's life in each episode. Just every show is about culture and other cultures and other experiences, and they're all really interesting. I'm learning so much. And you can go to Viceland.com to watch trailers, to check out first episodes, Um, and of course look for Viceland in your cable package if that's a thing that you do. Um, We'll have a link in the show notes as well. Flophouse, the one about the comedians, is on Thursdays at 10.30pm. Gaycation is on Wednesdays at 10pm, followed by Balls Deep at 11pm. And you can find the full listing of all the shows on Viceland.com. And we thank them again for sponsoring the
1: show. And now it's your turn. It's my turn. You're doing such a good job on the segues. I feel like I have to up my segway game. (laughs) I actually like avoid them at all costs usually. Um, But I'm going to try to play. Okay. So my next pick would not be on Viceland because it is a book for kids. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, it's a book for everyone who reads, but it's aimed at children. The Girl in the Well is Me by Karen Rivers is a middle grade novel. So like 10 and up about um, Cammie Summers, who has just moved and started a new school and she's trying to fit in and she's trying to get to be friends with these girls who seem really cool and they have a club. And they tell her to come to an initiation ceremony, which turns out to be fake. And she falls into a well. Like you do. Right. Like you do. And the whole book takes place with her inside the well. So if you have claustrophobia that can be triggered by reading about it, do not read this book. Um, it's, it's just like there's certain moments where you're just like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm in the well with her. It's really vivid and really well done. It's also, for a book about a girl in a well, hilarious. Um, <laughs> Cami is a really interesting narrator. She's making some really bad choices. Like you're sitting there yelling at the book, like, no, Cammie, don't do it. Don't tell that lie. Don't be friends with these girls. Don't do what they're telling you to do. Okay? But she does, because she's a kid, and kids make stupid decisions. And then when she's in the well, she's thinking about all of these things. She's thinking about her family. She's thinking about her brother. She's thinking about her dad, who is in prison, which is why they moved. She's thinking about, like, she starts to hallucinate that she has this goat friend who is talking <laughs> to her. And, like, it, like it's really... Hopefully not Black Philip. Like, if no. you've seen The Witch, you don't want it to be Black Philip good lord no no this is a this is a mostly friendly goat okay. um well actually that's not true they could be zombies it's it's a very <laughs> the, it's zombie goats and there's a coyote that speaks french and like it's really really something um it's also really it's a really intense book about bullying obviously these girls yeah. are not being nice to her and their response To her falling in the well just makes you want to like reach into the book and shake them by the shoulders and be like oh my god stop messing around she could die um because they don't respond to it very intelligently um and so 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 it's a book that is about bullying it's about friendship it's about making mistakes it's about trying to cover up who we think we are so that people will accept us um there's a lot of big themes to talk about in this book it's also very funny at the same time that you're like oh my god she's stuck in a well what is going to happen to her so So I really enjoyed the reading experience a whole lot. And I think it would be a really interesting book um, to talk about in schools or in libraries or, you know, if you happen to have a children of that age. Um, A children? That's a thing that I just said. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) I recommend it. So The Girl in the Well is Me by Karen Rivers. Awesome. Mm
0: -hmm. I have no segue except to say that. I'm so excited about the next book because I'm a huge fan of Chris Batchelder, and I've been waiting a very long time for a new book. He is wonderful, and his new book is called The Throwback Special. Again, his name is Chris Batchelder. He wrote a book many, many, many years ago called Bear v. Shark. I don't know if if you've heard of it, Oh, I
1: remember that
0: book. It's about this like Uh. nine-year-old kid who wins an essay contest, and so they, he and his family drive across the country to Las Vegas to watch a bear wrestle a shark. It, it's amazing. It's very white, noisish. It's very funny. It's incredible. He also wrote this really funny male midlife crisis novel a few years ago called Abbott Awaits, um, and The Throwback Special is about a group of men who get together once a year to painstakingly reenact what is known in football as the most shocking play in NFL history. Uh, it's also called The Throwback Special, and it was when the Washington Redskins' Joe Seisman had his leg horribly broken by Lawrence Taylor of the New York Giants, live, on Monday Night Football in November of 1985. Um, they There's a little synopsis of the whole play at the beginning. Um, Frank Gifford is there commenting on it. O.J. Simpson is commenting on it. I was like, can I just say, I think it's really weird that football has someone called the color commentator. Like, I really just want them to be like, that man's shirt is blue. That dress is green. <laughs> like, color commentator, come on, you're not doing your job. Anyway, so, much like those people who hold, like, Civil War reenactments, these men get together every fall. They've been doing it for many, many years, and they painstakingly reenact that play that ended with Joe Thysman getting his leg horribly broken. Um, Bachelor's cast, like of, you do, like yeah, you do, yeah. Why not? Um, Bachelor's cast of characters is actually really just a look at the American male psyche. Um, they're they're all over the place. They're all over the map uh, where they are in their lives. Um, over the weekend, they share all the new things going on in their lives—the um, new marriages, divorces, kids, kids going off to college, kids being born, um, new jobs, illnesses, all the things that are happening. There's one guy who's just in remarkable shape; he always has been, and everyone hates him for it. Um, the, you know, and then they look at everybody else to see like who's getting older. You know, what's going on with them? Um, there's a guy who treats girls for eating disorders, but all the other men just go to him for every single other like medical problem or psychiatric issue that they can think of, which is pretty funny. Um, And so, of course, as they also, as they talk about, like, what's going on in their lives, old grievances are aired, and they threaten to spoil the weekend. And what they're thinking is that this might actually be the last time they do this reenactment. So they don't want to ruin the weekend, but some people can't keep themselves in check. Um, And Batchelor is just this amazing, observant, hilarious writer. His books are always very small, and I... I actually appreciate that because every single sentence, if it's not like a pithy, dead-on observation, it's just a really witty, cutting remark, and you just have to read them so carefully and sometimes, like, digest them because you're like, oh, whoa, that's hilarious, or wow, that's really right on. He's just so, so funny. And again, the book is called The Throwback Special by Chris Batchelder.
1: You got something? Do you have a football-playing goat that speaks? I know. I I can't say for sure because this is a book I haven't read yet, but that I'm looking forward to. Uh, It's the Making of the American Essay, uh, edited by John DeGata, who, if you have read Halls of Fame or About a Mountain or The Lifespan of a Fact, which produced my favorite book club argument that I've ever been present for (laughs) ever. you will be familiar with him. He's considered an expert of the essay. Um, and this is the uh, third third installment in a whole series of anthologies of essays. Um, and so he is obviously thought a lot about this subject um I like reading John DeGata's stuff because I very rarely actually agree with him um and I kind of like to like yell at the books when I read them um but his he is so smart and interesting that you can't help but like like if you disagree with him it kind of pushes you to think more clearly about why you disagree which I think is a really interesting experience and what good you know fiction or and nonfiction should do um and, but the this whole book isn't by him obviously he has selected a large portion of essays that he thinks lead to the creation of the American essay right it's called making of the American essay so he's looking for new stories in the American essays past um, some daring writers who turned to the essay in order to write something that they didn't feel like they could write any other way and it's an new- interesting look at what an essay could be what it used to be what it can be moving forward he has a lot of thoughts on this which you know if you've read his other work but even if you haven't i think it's still if you like nonfiction, if you like anthologies if you like looking at the history of a form a literary form these are all good reasons to pick up this collection so i haven't seen who's in it yet it's another thing i'm super excited about to pick it up um the covers are very nice, too. They, uh, they have, like, this sort of color theme going on, which I dig. So, yes, that is The Making of the American Essay, edited by John DeGata.
0: You know that we're, like, nerdy book people when you're excited to see who's in an essay collection. I mean,
1: it's funny because essay collections are also sort of my, the thing I'm worst at reading and the thing I most want to read more often like no. I feel like I don't this is true for other people but there's certain genres where I'm always like I'm gonna read more of that and then I don't um but I really want to and I collect these books and like I have them and they're sitting right there and it's it just is hard sometimes for me to find the space to pick them up but like yeah so I guess essays are an aspirational genre for me and so I'm always excited when a new thing that I'm like oh I'll read that one like maybe i I will finally get into the essays the way I want to, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Absolutely.
0: It might also be a good choice if you're doing the Read Harder Challenge. Oh, yes. There's an an essay one, so.
1: Yeah, lots Um, to pick from. And I like anthologies, too, because, like, if you don't like one, you can just move on to the next, and they're by all different people, so it's it's totally fine.
0: Yeah. Not one person is locked into entertaining you the entire time. Right.
1: So. So that is it for our new books. What are you going to read now? I actually am just finishing up Gold Fame Citrus by Claire Vay Watkins. Woo-hoo. Which, have you read it? Yes. Yes. So it is, should I tell people about it? Of course. You yes. can say okay. whatever you want. You can <laughs> sit, you can sit. I don't care. Sing, I don't care. Um, I wasn't sure how much time I had. So it's it's a sort of a post-apocalypse novel except that it's, like, I want to say post-decline. Like, it really feels like instead of there being one specific thing that screwed over America or the whole world, it's sort of this combination of environmental and economic collapse that produces the circumstances that the main characters are dealing with, like, in a future where... There is no more water in California or Arizona or Colorado. And there's a Super Dune taking over giant chunks of California, which I didn't even know was a thing. And then <laughs> and then there's so there's all of these, you know, sort of catastrophes going on. And the main character Luz was a model, and so she has tons of money, and it's still kind of useful, but still kind of not. And then one night she and her boyfriend are at this sort of like drum circle rain dance trading post situation and they see a group of people with a baby who do not appear to be treating the baby correctly. So they kidnap the baby like you do. And then they sort of take off on the road and everything goes to hell in a handbasket, basically. <laughs> um, it reminds it reminds me a lot of California by Eden Lepucky, if yeah. you read that, um, in that it's like kind of one of those more quiet, post-apocalypse novels like it's not all about the action it's about people dealing with really truly unsettling circumstances that aren't like flashy but they're just weird enough that it's hard and makes an adventure story out of what is otherwise sort of a terrifying conception of the future
0: awesome so what about you well I'm i'm so excited to say this out loud uh instead of looking forward at our frightening future I have a novel that takes place in a dark part of our history. It is The New Colson Whitehead, The <gasps> Underground Railroad. You have it? <laughs> yes, I Liberty. do. Well, you know how much I love him. You know. Like, I do. Know. I, I took a bus to New York City specifically to get a galley of Zone 1 at BEA. And if you remember, I got my tooth knocked out on the bus on the ride do down. Remember. And I, do. I still went to meet him anyway. You did. Yeah. But then it took did. several beers before I would show anybody where my kids got knocked out. <laughs> but I did. I mean, I love him. So you are this a fan. One, You are a
1: number one fan. Absolutely.
0: Uh, it's a quick synopsis. It says, from prize-winning, best-selling author Colson Whitehead, a magnificent, wrenching, thrilling tour de force, chronicling of young slaves' adventures as she makes a desperate bid for freedom in the antebellum South. So, there you have that. I it's gonna be posting, so good. I can't oh, wait to yeah. read it. I posted a photo yesterday on the internet and the internet went insane. Just I bet. like insane. Everybody wants to read it because he's it's so like the awesome. ultimate
1: it's the ultimate galley brag.
0: Yeah, yeah, it might be. Mm-hmm. I, I squealed a lot in the car. Like I got the mail. <laughs> I got the mail out of the mailbox before I got in the car to go somewhere, and I was just like squealing. I was so excited. <laughs> so amazing. Um, that is our show. Thanks again to our sponsors, FabFitFun. Go to FabFitFun.com and use the coupon code BOOKS to save $10 on your first box. And thanks also to Viceland. You can go to Viceland.com for more information, to see trailers, and to get schedules of the shows or look at your cable provider. We're really happy to have them both back this week, so thank you. Uh, You can drop us a line at allthebooks at bookriot.com or hit us up on Twitter. I'm Miss Liberty. Jen is Jen IRL. That's J-E-N-N-I-R-L. And Rebecca, who is not here, you can still talk to her. We don't mind. It's Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. I'm also trying out Litzy. I'm a little obsessed with Litzy. It's my new favorite book thing. So if you want to find me there, my name is Liberty. I actually got just my name the first time ever in social media. Um, And we are so, (laughs) so appreciative to all of you who listen to the show and email us and chat with us on Twitter about books. It's always such a pleasure to hear from you, um, and thank you to everyone who has taken the time to rate and review the show on iTunes. It really does help new listeners to find their way here, so we can inundate them with new titles, and book babble, and give them unicorn names. And if you're not yet, if you have not yet done that, we would greatly appreciate it. It helps us to grow the audience and keep the lights on, and best of all, it keeps us talking about books each week. Um, And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time. But you can find a list of more books out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash allthebooks. And you can also find a link to our weekly New Books newsletter to learn about even more books. And I would like to thank the amazing Jen Northington for stepping in today. You can check her out on Get Booked with Amanda Nelson each
1: week for wonderful book recommendations. Thank you, Jen. It was my pleasure. Although I am now sad that I didn't get a unicorn name.
0: <laughs> oh, well, I can give you one right now. Yours is Petunia um, petunio Wiggly Knees.
1: <laughs> there you go. See? Awesome. <laughs> All right. Happy reading. Happy reading.